Welcome to You News, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, January 27th. I'm Andrea Linares, and these are today's headlines. Around the country and around the world, fans, athletes, and political leaders honoring Kobe Bryant, the basketball legend killed in a tragic helicopter crash on Sunday. Washington still reeling from a major weekend revelation. John Bolton in a new book confirming that President Donald Trump withheld aid from Ukraine in the hopes of digging up dirt on Joe Biden and his family. But will these new revelations alter the course of the Senate impeachment trial? And the death toll now at least 80 people as the Chinese government continues emergency measures to deal with the worsening outbreak of coronavirus. This and much more today on You News, recorded live from our newsroom in Miami. We are following two major and developing stories today in Washington, D.C., a bombshell in the Senate impeachment trial of President Donald Trump. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton undercuts the entire Trump impeachment defense with details of his forthcoming book. But first, the tragic death of former NBA star Kobe Bryant. His life was cut short Sunday at the age of 41 after the helicopter he was traveling in crashed in Southern California. Brian's 13-year-old daughter and seven other people also died in this tragedy. They were on their way to a basketball game where Bryant was expected to coach and his daughter, Gianna, was expected to play. Let's go to Salvador Duran. He's at the crash site in Calabasas, California, with the very latest on this investigation. Salvador, what do we know so far? So, Andrea, the uh, National Transportation Safety Board has made its way to the uh, hard access hill here in Calabasas, uh, where uh, they're trying to unravel the mystery and determine why the uh, helicopter crash in deep fog, killing retired basketball uh, player Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter Gianna and all seven other occupants. Now, the, uh, the crash was called at about 9.47 a.m. yesterday. That's according to the L.A. Sheriff Department, and uh, they uh, told us that uh, there are no survivors and that the crash sparked a small fire that, that was quickly extinguished. Now, we also know that the L.A. County Coroner's Office said that he had a team of experts ready to begin the recovery of the bodies and a massive refrigerator vehicle ready to transport the uh, victims' bodies. Now, with us uh, also, we have one of the witnesses that was here yesterday morning when the crash occurred, uh, Mr. Scott Dalen. Um, thank you for joining us this morning. Can you describe what you saw and what you heard yesterday when the accident occurred? Well, I didn't see anything because now, today, it's, it's, we've got clear skies pretty much. It's bright and sunny. This time yesterday, everything was very gray and socked in. What did you hear? Because uh, you said that you heard, you actually heard a helicopter flying over. I work, work at the church and do sound and media. Got my setup done. I came outside to pick up my headphones. It was 9:40. Very within one minute, I start. I heard a helicopter approaching from directly behind where we are from the 101 freeway. It was executing a turn, and I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. Direct line, you're literally, we are under the flight path of where I heard the helicopter go. I looked directly up. The cloud deck was so low, I'm looking up and I'm hearing a, a helicopter very close proximity because you're, you're almost starting to feel it. 
not feeling any of the air, but you're, you're feeling the vibration of it. So I, I looked straight up and I couldn't even see a silhouette, a shadow. So I never visually picked up the aircraft. Do you, um, did you hear an agent failure or anything of that sort prior to the crash? I heard an expert on the news talking about the, the type of, of helicopter we were flying, um, Model 67, S67 uh, Sikorsky. And it's a, it's a very robust commercial helicopter designed to go to uh, offshore oil wells. They do medical, emergency medical transportation. So it's a very good helicopter with two engines on it. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Now, we do know that the pilot that was uh, flying the aircraft is a very experienced pilot. He also had a training to fly in foggy conditions. Now, investigators are going to try to determine exactly what happened and why this aircraft cry that has now uh, turned into... A, a, a catastrophe here in Los Angeles, killing uh, beloved uh, basketball player Kobe Bryant. Back to you in the studio. Salvador, just a quick question before you go. We know that Latinos are actually big fans of Kobe Bryant. He himself spoke Spanish. How are they reacting to his untimely death? You know, we've been here at the site where the accident occurred and also downtown Los Angeles at Staples Center. And I can tell you that I've seen Probably over half of the people that are showing up are Latino fans of uh, Kobe Bryant. He, um, they were telling us that they looked up to him, that they uh, saw him as a role model. He spoke Spanish. His wife is Mexican-American. And that they really believed in the message, the positive message that he always brought with him to wherever he went. They really saw him as an example. And so as of right now, I can tell you that most of the people that we continue seeing in all of these vigils and memorials that are popping up all around Southern California, the majority of them belong to the Latino community. Back to you. Now to that bombshell report upending the impeachment trial of President Trump. The New York Times has obtained a draft of former National Security Advisor John Bolton's new book, in which this key witness sought by Democrats claims Trump told him aid to Ukraine was tied to investigations into Joe Biden and other Democrats. That directly contradicts a core aspect of the president's defense. President Trump's former National Security Advisor John Bolton is the witness Democrats want to testify in the Senate trial more than any other. The report overnight in the New York Times shows just how key he may be in the case against the president. Four weeks ago, Bolton submitted the manuscript of a book he has written to the White House for a standard review to ensure he did not include any classified information. According to the Times, Bolton writes President Trump told him in August he wanted to continue withholding military aid to Ukraine until officials there launched investigations into Trump's rivals, including Joe Biden. This first-hand account directly contradicts what the president's lawyers argued in defending him during the Senate trial over the weekend. There is simply no evidence anywhere that President Trump ever linked security assistance to any investigations. Bolton has said he will testify if subpoenaed by the Senate. Democrats say the report shows Bolton must testify. And today, the president's legal team continues to defend against his removal from office. 
All this while House impeachment managers urged their Republican senators to vote to allow new documents and witnesses. Four Republicans must break with their party and vote with Democrats to consider these new witnesses. I don't know how my Republican colleagues cannot call for witnesses. Senator Romney has called for witnesses. They should all be calling for witnesses. We have to get to the truth. I, I can't begin to tell you how uh, John Bolton's testimony would ultimately uh, play on a final decision, but it's relevant and therefore I'd like to hear it. Senators will have 16 hours to ask questions of both the House impeachment prosecutors and the president's legal team. Questions must be in writing. Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine has joined Romney, saying reports about Bolton's book have strengthened the case for witnesses. Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska says she's, quote, curious about what Bolton may say. And Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, another one to watch, says he's waiting until after opening arguments and questioning to make a decision. And Trump supporter Senator Lindsey Graham says he wants to know what's in that manuscript. If a motion to call additional witnesses is in fact defeated, though, the trial could wrap up by the end of the week. Meanwhile, lead House impeachment manager Adam Schiff says tweets from President Trump are intended to be a threat against him. Schiff spoke on Meet the Press Sunday after Trump tweeted, quote, Shifty Adam Schiff is a corrupt politician and probably a very sick man. He has not paid the price yet for what he has done to our country. What may be personal, though, and I think I have to be very candid about this, is I made the argument that it's going to require moral courage to stand up to this president. Um, and this is a wrathful and vindictive president. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And if you think there is, look at the president's tweets about me today, uh, saying that I should pay a price. Um, you take that as a threat? I think it's intended to be. The impeachment trial in the Senate is focusing on Trump's alleged efforts to improperly pressure Ukraine into investigating former vice president and presidential candidate Joe Biden and his son. And as all of this is taking place, the president is reacting over John Bolton's new revelations in particular. Pablo Gato is in Washington, D.C. with the latest on what Trump is saying. Pablo? I also, the Democratic leadership has been reacting. They reacted very swiftly and very fast. They said that uh, Bolton's words are basically explosive and there cannot be a trial without witnesses. Nancy Pelosi, the leader of the House, said in a tweet also that Ambassador Bolton reportedly heard directly from Trump that aid for Ukraine was tied to political investigations, the refusal of the Senate to call for him and other relevant witnesses and documents is now even more indefensible. The choice is clear, according to Pelosi, our constitution or a cover-up. Also, Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate, said, according to him, that there is a gigantic cover-up by Republicans and President Trump, and he said that witnesses now are more urgent than never. Let's hear what he said. This is stunning. It goes right to the heart of the charges against the president. Ambassador Bolton essentially confirms the president committed the offenses charged in the first article of impeachment. Now, President Trump uh, denied that he said, according to him, these words to uh, Ambassador Bolton, and he says that basically he's saying that to sell more books. But now, is this going to bring uh, closer witnesses to this process? Let's hear what President Trump said. Well, I haven't seen a manuscript, but uh, I can tell you nothing was ever said to 
John Bolton, but I have not seen him anything. I guess he's writing a book. I have not seen him. Now we have to remember that it takes only four Democrat Republican senators to force witnesses and, for example, Bolton to testify in this process. The question is what's going to happen. For the moment, we know that Mitt Romney said that he wants to hear witnesses. That's all for the moment. Going back to you to Miami. Meanwhile, impeachment manager Jerry Nadler says he'll miss part of the trial due to his wife's cancer treatments. Nadler says his wife was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer back in December, and the House Judiciary Chair announced his planned absence Sunday. The Democrat says he and his wife, Joyce Miller, will meet with doctors in New York today. We turn now to the growing global battle to contain the coronavirus. The death toll rising overnight to at least 80 people, and now doctors have confirmed more cases here in the United States. Carolina Sarasa brings us the latest. The race to contain the potentially deadly coronavirus is intensifying. New cases in California and Arizona have not pushed the number of patients in the U.S. to five. Each of them traveled recently to the epicenter of the outbreak, Wuhan, China. Chinese health officials confirmed 80 people have now died from the virus, and nearly 4,000 have been infected. China is expanding efforts to stop the spread by postponing the end of this week's Lunar New Year holiday when millions of people travel. The newly identified virus begins with cold-like symptoms, then progresses to possible fever, coughing and pneumonia. The characteristics of this virus are still being determined, which is why we're taking this as a serious threat to public health. Wuhan and 14 other cities are now on lockdown, meaning 50 million people are now under a travel ban. Currently it's very quiet, uh, also because cars, private vehicles have been banned from the road. Tom Hancock, a reporter with the Financial Times, is there and says hospitals are overwhelmed. I think that uh, it's clear that Beijing uh, and other provincial governments are making efforts to try and increase supplies of those things to uh, Wuhan, and there has been some success, but still there are shortages of, of various items. The U.S. consulate is now planning to use a charter plane to evacuate Americans trapped in the region, one American family desperate to leave. My biggest concern for my, uh, my three-month-old, uh, you know, his developing immune system, we're scared and there's little guilt involved putting him in this situation. Carolina Sarasa, U News. Ahead of next week's Democratic debate, businessman Andrew Yang announcing he has qualified to take the stage. He will be joined by Vice President Joe Biden, Senators Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar, former Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg and businessman Tom Steyer. The debate is being held following the all-important Iowa caucuses and just four days before the critical New Hampshire primary. And speaking of Iowa, Senator Bernie Sanders has opened up a lead in that state ahead of the Democratic caucus next Monday. The latest finding is courtesy of a new New York Times Siena College poll of likely caucus goers. Sanders is now capturing 25 percent of the vote in Iowa with Pete Buttigieg at 18 percent and Joe Biden trailing with 17 percent. 
Heavy rains caused flooding and landslides in southeast Brazil on Saturday, killing at least 11 people. According to authorities, two people died on Saturday in Belo Horizonte, and a total of 11 have died in the surrounding areas since Friday. More rain is expected in that region, as well as other parts of Brazil, including Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo. And in Mexico, a four-day pilgrimage by relatives of murdered or missing Mexicans came to an end in the country's capital on Sunday. The caravan for truth, justice and peace set off on Friday to draw attention to the cases of slain and disappeared people, a situation that protesters say fails to draw much attention from the media or even a proper investigation by police. Among the marchers were members of the Liberian Mormon community whose relatives were ambushed by gunmen back in November. Peru's opposition leader Keiko Fujimori voted on Sunday in an election that will see 130 legislators replace the parliament dissolved in September by President Martin Vizcarra. The daughter of former President Alberto Fujimori was released from prison last year after being locked up following allegations that she accepted unlawful campaign funds from Brazilian construction firm Odebrecht. The president eventually dissolved Congress to shut down the opposition-controlled legislature that he accused of stonewalling attempts to curb widespread corruption. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your News, your world, You News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. In consumer news, the roaring U.S. labor market may be peaking. A survey by the National Association for Business Economics now says just as many American companies are reporting job decreases as increases. Experts there say that could mean job growth could slow this year. But they also point out with unemployment around historic lows, it could also indicate difficulties in finding workers. America's largest brick and mortar retailer, Walmart, is testing out a higher minimum wage. The company now says it is rolling out a $12 an hour minimum at hundreds of its stores. That compares with an $11 minimum at more than 5,000 U.S. locations. The move comes as Walmart, like many other retailers, is under pressure to improve customer service. And the U.S. Census Bureau is recruiting to fill thousands of temporary positions, but the Better Business Bureau says to beware of scams. It seems that scammers are posting about open census jobs on the web and social media, then asking to be paid fees for applications or even training. Now that's a dead giveaway that the offer is bogus, and that's because federal agencies never charge application fees. The Census Bureau is also trying to remind people that it will never charge you for training or ask you to buy any sort of equipment you may need to complete that job. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.